Gateway, what a joy it is to be with you. I have been uh, long-time friends with Rick and Marcy. So long time, here's a state secret. Rick and I were at Monash University together. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're going, how can that be possible? Tim, you look like a dinosaur. And our pastor, Rick, he looks so young. Well... Some of us don't age well. Congratulations, Rick. Whatever you've got, you should bottle and sell. I uh, moved down to Frankston, uh, to Gould Street. Uh, we're on the beach uh, just before COVID. I don't have good balance. I've never surfed, but I was determined in buying a stand-up board to teach myself stand-up paddling. And I got out thinking I can do this. And with the smallest waves, I kept falling off. Each time I fell off, I said to myself, Tim, count it all joy, count it pure joy. You see, these are words from James chapter 1. And they're words my parents always said when there were difficulties. Count it all joy, brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or perseverance. So, I'd get on, I'd fall off, I'd count it all joy, I'm going to persevere. Well, to actually tell you the whole story, I might be able to cope with public criticism in the media. What I couldn't cope with was noticing the people on the beach, some were children, were laughing at me as I fell off. The humiliation was so great, I got up at 6am for four days in a row. No one on the beach until I had taught myself to do stand-up paddling. Count it all joy, or pure joy, as I remember the uh, verse uh, in the authorised version. Well, in this infernal, eternal lockdown, it's not produced much joy. It's been a joy killer. The miseries, well, they just seem to pile up. I really feel for kids missing out on school. Everything at school that makes school fun. Sport, music, friends, presentation nights, reduced to Zoom classrooms through their parents. Most of whom aren't trained teachers. Most are trying to work and have to be motivators and disciplinarians with their kids at home learning. I feel for businesses built up and so many smashed. I feel... For those of us with elderly parents, my 92-year-old mother in an aged care home who I haven't been able to visit, not to mention my two, only two grandchildren down in Warrnambool, missing out and seeing them has been such a heartache. So if some Christian glibly stood in front of you and said, count it all joy in this COVID season, I might explode. You might explode too. It's been the opposite of joy. Well, that well-meaning Christian is standing in front of you right now. Count it all joy in COVID. I say that knowing I may now have lost half the congregation. For those that have remained with me, let me just say, joy is one of the seven key characteristics of the reign of God. If we have given up in joy in COVID, we may have given up on expecting the reign of God, the kingdom of God. 
Just go to the book of Isaiah, the book where Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah more than any other Hebrew Old Testament scripture. And there are the marks of the reign of God in Isaiah. Deliverance, which we call salvation, mentioned 17 times in Isaiah. Justice or righteousness, mentioned 16 times. Peace, 14 times. Joy, 12 times. Healing, others are also mentioned. So that rather abstract idea of the reign of God, the kingdom of God that Jesus preached, saying it's at hand, it's near, it's started, it's broken in, that concept is very concrete, very practical. Healing, deliverance, justice, peace, and joy. Well, when we start to think of Isaiah, joy is the mark of what God is doing, which is new, prophetically announced. In Isaiah 9, verse 3, you have increased the nation's joy. Those who are rejoicing are before you as with joy of the harvest. Isaiah 35, and many of us have sung this, and the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. Isaiah 35, the tongue of the speechless will sing for joy. One of the most public conversions in our recorded memory is that of C.S. Lewis. He died the same day of JFK, John Kennedy, in 1963. C.S. Lewis was an atheist. He believed in a naturalistic material universe. He was confident there was no God. He described himself as the most reluctant convert in all England. He wrote his autobiography of his conversion. It's called Surprised by Joy. Lewis believed that joy was the language of heaven, that when he came to faith in God, the dominant characteristic was joy. When I've talked to atheists who have become Christians, and I have a few friends in that category, they'll often say, well, it might have been in my head thinking, why is there being an existence rather than non-being and non-existence? If I as a being exist, maybe there's a greater being. They have often thought, how come I have consciousness or mind? You know, when scientists can map every chemical and electrical impulse in the brain, every synaptic nerve, when they can map the brain, they won't be one step closer to understanding consciousness and mind. But many, like Lewis, have said to me, actually, it was joy. The mystery that came to me saying, why is there beauty and love and friendship and feelings of joy that overwhelm and surprise me, transfiguring miseries, giving me a lift out of my orderliness. Joy is the gift of belief in God and the reign of God. Now in COVID lockdown, I know many of us would prefer a sermon on deliverance or salvation. I 
have seen many loud political statements, even from Christians, about being let out of lockdown and freedom. I know some Christians who are marching there with the unionists and others blocking Westgate Bridge, blocking the CBD, even defacing the shrine, chanting freedom. I might sympathise, but as I listen to their chant for freedom, I go, it doesn't seem to be a lot of peace or a lot of joy, particularly when Christians are fighting each other over the vaccine or a vaccine passport and evaporating joy. I want to say my faith influences my politics, but not the reverse. Faith should influence politics, but when it's politics influencing faith, joy and peace often are the casualties. The reign of God, which is above all politics, is a joy that Christians have experienced living under persecution, under totalitarianism, under dictatorships, Christians who've been in prison with no freedom. Joy doesn't just depend on being out of lockdown, on certain political positions, on freedom even. When we get to the Gospels, John the Baptist uh, and the Pharisees had disciples who fasted. John the Baptist was pretty severe, so were the Pharisees. And they were very critical of Jesus' disciples who weren't fasting. They were parting. Jesus, in answering them, said, well, when the bridegroom is here, there's no more fasting. There's no more mourning. The joy of the reign of God has begun. So start dancing. Don't lose your joy, whatever the circumstances, celebrate. That is the countercultural reign of God. I love Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 24. It's the first reporter's sermon of Jesus in a Sabbath, yeah, the Capernaum Sabbath, uh, in, in a synagogue, sorry, on the Sabbath day, the Capernaum synagogue. Very different to his first sermon reported in Luke. Uh, Luke chapter 4 in his hometown, Nazareth. There it's the joy Jesus preaches in Nazareth of liberty to captives, good news for the poor, sight to the blind. In Capernaum, in his first sermon, we're simply told he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Now the word amazed comes from the Greek word ekstasis. We get the English word ecstasy from it. When they heard Jesus preach in the Capernaum synagogue, they experienced ecstasy at his teaching. Yeah, ecstasy in church, in a sermon. Profound joy. Whether in Nazareth, whether in Capernaum, the theme in Jesus' first sermon was joy at the reign of God. It's begun. And a joy that transcends the poverty of many in Capernaum or Nazareth, the oppression of the Romans that were ruling at that time, a joy that's more than just human transient joy. You know, we often think of joy as being like happiness. It's the happiness of an achievement, a new house or holiday, a new car, one of my closest friends has been very successful as a blueberry breeder, become very rich. 
He has the law of diminishing joy and the law of increasing joy. Diminishing joy was when he became rich, he bought himself a brand new car. He'd just driven it from the sales room home, pulled up in his driveway, driveway and then he noticed next door, his neighbor just pulled up in a brand new Mercedes. He suddenly lost all joy. He said, comparison, comparison is the thief of joy. That's diminishing returns, more and more things, transitory happiness. This friend has now built four hospitals through World Vision in Uganda, up in the north where Lord's Resistance Army terrorized the kids, kidnapping children, turning them to child soldiers, where women, 13 a day, die in childbirth because there's so little health care. My friend has built four hospitals. He said when he opened his first hospital, I was there with him. He said, I've never been so happy. I've never felt joy like this, Tim. I can't ever be more joyous. He said, actually, I was wrong. When we opened the second hospital, I was there with him. He turned to me and he said, this is incredible. I feel more joy than last time, seeing the community dance and sing and celebrate. And he was crying. The law of diminishing joy and increasing joy knowing that we're blessed to be a blessing to others. Well, it's also knowing God. This is where joy comes from. Knowing the God who created the universe, the God who will achieve his purposes and has begun them in the reign of God, the kingdom of God. There is deep joy in knowing the purpose of life. A purpose that the world, even in lockdown, can't rob us from of. It's living now in the anticipation of what the world will look like when God is king, when God runs the show, when God rules. That's why the Beatitudes are our way of living in and leaning into that. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who thirst for justice. Blessed are the meek. Not those standing on the shoulders of others, pushing them down to get ahead, more joy, grabbing things and, and success. The Beatitudes are the way we live into this reign of God, which will come. Secondly, joy comes not just from knowing God, but knowing that this God knows me. This creator God loves me. He has sent Jesus to die for me. Whatever my deepest fears and anxieties, they might be cancer, an accident, bankruptcy. They might be the terrible lockdown impacts on what's going on in my business and with even my kids in education. But knowing this God loves me addresses these deepest fears by saying nothing can separate me from the love of this creator God in Jesus. Thirdly, joy comes from belonging to this God in his community. I am blessed to have a family who love me, but whatever the scars and traumas of your birth family. You know you matter because you now have brothers and sisters in Christ. You belong to a new family. That should fill you with joy as it fills me with joy. Joy comes from knowing God, knowing God's purposes, addressing the anxieties and fears and knowing I belong. I have been reflecting on this in the time of anxiety and hesitancy about the vaccine. Everyone, 
has their beliefs on this. But my sense from some of my anti-vax friends, and I have long conversations and I've written pieces for eternity about this, is at one level, I understand where they're coming from. They want to know and understand the purpose of this virus. Where did it come from? Because none of us really know. The gap is filled. It came from Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates. They have bought commercial interests in the Wuhan lab who released the virus. They've conspired to release it. It's sort of answering the knowing question. It sometimes addresses anxieties. I'm not going to take the vax because Bill Gates might put a microchip and insert it into me. I'm protected by God and by the blood of Jesus. And there's other safe treatments, might be Invectamin or Hydrochloroquine, but it actually somehow reassures my anxieties. And in this community, with the blog sites that they share and read, there is a community of belonging. There is a sense that we are brothers and sisters in arms. Uh, what I don't see is that explanation producing much joy. Well, joy is the deeper transcendent knowledge. Whether a pandemic or lockdown or dictatorship, I'm free to live as if God has come to rule. In 1732, on the 8th of October, a Dutch ship left Copenhagen Harbour. It was headed for the Dutch West Indies. On board were two men. They were the first two missionaries ever to be sent out from the Moravian community of Hernhut, it was called. That's in what we call Saxony, East Germany. 36-year-old Johann Dober and 26-year-old David Nietzschemann. These two men were the first two missionaries sent out in Protestant church history. They were the first ever to go as lay workers, not trained ministers, theologically trained. They were the first to be sent by a church rather than a state body or a society. And they were the first to work among slaves out there in the Dutch West Indies. Their Moravian community prayed for them around the clock. And I mean, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, four years, organizing prayer meetings. In fact, Hernhut, where they were sent from, was a village of 300 people. Over the next 80 years, it sent out over 1,000 missionaries to every part of the known world. Let me come back to Dober and Nietzschemann. They, to reach who they were seeking to evangelize in the West Indies, tried to sell themselves into slavery to work with slaves. They were prevented from doing that. So instead they took on the manual jobs, exactly the same jobs as slaves on the plantations, working along slaves, bringing many slaves to faith in Christ. You know, these two brothers, the first missionaries, describe the joy of their mission, of their experience, working like slaves, treated like slaves. That's the ultimate lockdown. And yet, they experience joy. Brothers and sisters, count it all joy, pure joy. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know, 
that the testing of your faith will produce steadfastness and perseverance. Even in COVID, we can experience joy. Amen.